afternoon. Good afternoon to everybody and welcome to Kernels of Truth. Yes, we are brought to you by Progress Kentucky. There are 68 days until November the 7th. We'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, this week, we'll be checking in on Kentucky political news of the week and including a fairly frightening confrontation in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, then we'll have a great little chat with Alex Flood, the Kentucky lead organizer with Showing Up for Racial Justice, and it's known also as SURJ. Um, we'll meet him over in the campaign corner to hear what SURJ is all about and why they are prioritizing sending Andy Bashir back to the governor's mansion on November the 7th. I am your host tonight. I'm Kimberly Cecil Jones right here in Louisville, uh, Jefferson County, and also filling in tonight for Mr. Aaron Viles. Also with me tonight, I will also have a Dougie Fresh, as I affectionately call him, but you may know him as Doug Price. Um, so uh, tonight, you may not see me. Uh, if you all didn't know that, I had surgery a little bit. So it's a little bit different for me this time. And, you know, I always try to look my best on kernels of truth. So getting right down to the nitty gritty, uh, I want to ask you really quickly, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? I know you are. While political ads are trying to convince you Andy Bashir is soft on crime against churches and single-handedly forcing your children to be transgender, the wave of negative ads are designed to keep people tuned out and disgusted with our political system. Now, these are not efforts to inform and inspire deeper interests and engagement. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to fix what's wrong with Kentucky with these ads or this approach. Kentucky folks, I'm going to say this. That's why Progress Kentucky is excited to be a part of the Kentucky Future Project. Uh, now, that is also an arm that we have currently obtained. So um, I will say this. We are working with these great groups, okay, to build the political coalition of new voters, progressive voters, and also non-white voters who can come together to make our commonwealth a lot better. I know you want that. Uh, we're working with great groups like Planned Parenthood, the Fairness Campaign, and we are also showing up for racial justice. Also, Hood to the Holler and many others to turn out the new Kentucky majority and achieve better electoral outcomes for our Commonwealth. If you want to support us, which I know you do, I know it's not an if, it's a like, okay, since you want to support us and our efforts within this coalition, please tonight, please, please, please make a donation at our Secure Act Blue site. You know, five fifty, five hundred. You know, hey, we appreciate everything that you do. It all adds up, and it will give us the materials we need to make a positive difference on November the seventh. I uh, just want to let you know that it is so imperative, imperatively important right now. Uh, the campaigns are gearing up. They need. We need to get that vote out. That's the only way that we're going to be able to keep Andy in office. Okay, so now let's check in with our other co-host, Mr. Dougie Fresh, and uh, let me know who and where you are, although I already know that. He's going to give a big shout out to uh, where he lives, as, as he always does. But first, 
uh, you there on the internet. Yep, I'm talking to you. If you could please, 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 please go ahead and tell me what your sign says. You can put it in the chat while we are sharing ours. And today, mine says, I am all in 100% for Andy. What does yours say? Mr. Doug Price? Uh, yes. Uh, as you all know by now, I'm Dougie Fresh. I live in Harrison County, the uh, Cynthia Anza County seat. And uh, we have lots going on here. We've got a uh, brewery that's going to be opening up a really uh, nice new spot. And uh, uh, we'll have some fun times there. I have an old sign that I've used before, but it's very important to me and a lot of people. So here's my sign. Uh, Dougie Fresh, we did not see that sign long enough. What did it say? <laughs> you flashed I'm so me. sorry. Trans rights, that's right. Trans rights. And I also heard that our wonderful uh, producer tonight, uh, Mr. Nate Orshan, uh, I like to call him Nate Dog, as you all know, uh, his protest sign says tonight, glitch, please. Ooh, that means a lot. That was a powerful punch right there. So we're going to get right into the news of the week with the first story from you, Mr. Dougie uh, Fresh. Yes, Kimberly, thank you. Uh, the headline of this story is Christian nationalism is on the rise, even up the holler. In the Kentucky Coalfields, Pine Mountain Settlement School is reigniting a vision so old it is new again. Visit, support, and advocate for the, for the beautiful people, children, cultures, and wildlands of the Kentucky mountains. The most beautiful place on earth is serving Eastern Kentucky with world-class environmental education programming, people and place-driven community development, sustainable and traditional agricultural stewardship, and strong Appalachian cultures and heritage. Serving the people of Kentucky mountains since 1913, our mission is to enrich lives and connect people through Appalachian place-based education for all ages. Those are amazing, beautiful words that you can find on the, their website. But are these just words? Much of this story is taken from the lantern, providing independent journalism free for all to read, plus some comments from op-eds by Linda Blackford and Beth Howard. An Appalachian Arts nonprofit gathering at Pine Mountain Settlement School in Harlan County ended abruptly last weekend after local residents objected to the group's presence in the chapel, raising concerns among attendees about their safety. A statement issued by the Waymakers Collective said participants decided to end their annual assembly a day early for the safety of everyone in attendance, including the school staff. The decision to leave came after a group of white men and women in trucks and on ATVs from the surrounding area blocked exit roads and pass and demanded that conference participants leave the chapel. We were shocked by this as we had rented out the entire campus of PMSS for our event and were treating the entire property with respect and in the manner we had communicated to PMSS prior to the event. To the event. 
the Waymaker statement said. The group had set up a reflection area in the church that is on the property. They had permission to use a chapel and set it up as a healing space with pillows, mats, a table of aromatic oils, and an Om symbol, which symbolizes a universe in the Hindu religion. Seemingly, a church would be a good place for reflection, for reflection, but apparently Kate Napier, who organized the takeover and removal of the Waymakers group, felt these people were somehow desecrating the church. When the group decided it was best to leave the facility, they did so, leaving in a large convoy from PMSS until they left Harlan County. Essentially, it boiled down to Tate Napier should have minded his own business instead of making it his business. In my opinion, the Harlan County Sheriff should have made Napier's group leave the premises and if not, then arrest them. Too many people these days want to force their beliefs and attitudes on others. I was frustrated with the administration staff of PMSS who caved and did not really support the Waymakers Collective. Offering tacit support to the wrong side sends the wrong message and actually encourages others to do the same. Letso resident Tate Napier said he, wanted, he was a part of a group of eight or nine who entered the chapel because we wanted to make sure the house of the Lord wasn't being disrespected. Apparently his position in Harlan County is to make sure that anyone being in any church in Harlan County must abide to how he thinks people should worship. His last public comment was, the news and social media are tools the devil use most, use the most to stir up division and I don't want to partake in anymore. Does he not realize the devil is at work within him when he forces his views on others? Beth Howard, who is the director of Appalachian's People Union at Showing Up for Racial Justice, referred to as Surge, said this in an op-ed. I know these hateful people are the minority in this beautiful state. There is a much richer story I want to tell about the masses of us Appalachians who are choosing to fight for Kentucky in the tradition of our ancestors who have fought alongside each other, white, black, and brown, so that all of us could have a life of dignity. My last thought though, again, Napier and his ilk should have just minded their own business and PMSS must make a statement condemning the activities by Napier and others. If you would like to send an email to PMSS stating what you think, then here it is. Info at PineMountainSettlementSchool.com. Kimberly, that's the end of my story. Wow. What is there to say? Um, we're seeing this more and more across our country. And if uh, the church, the school had no problem with it, then that's on them. Anyone else uh, that did not like it, they just didn't have to come, right? Uh, but we see this more and more and more across our country. I can't uh, state that enough. Uh, so many things are going on and it's, and it's happening at a faster rate, I believe. Uh, but everybody 
why don't you send something um, to info at Pine Mountain Sentiment uh, School dot com. Uh, once again, that's info at Pine Mountain Settlement School dot com. Uh, once again, uh, Dougie Fresh, he brings us really, really thorough good news uh, that's been quite thought out and put together. So we appreciate that from uh, Mr. Doug Price. So um, let's move on here to a subject that, you know, <laughs> Doug, you know, this is my subject, don't you? <laughs> yes, <And> ma'am. <laughs> you know, my <laughs> subject is definitely about the Delta 8 and CBD hemp derived products in the regulatory spotlight. Now, you know, it, it pains me to even tell you guys uh, the update on this. Uh, despite Governor Andy Bashir's support of medical marijuana and his efforts to decrim decriminalize, I want to say that word right and really emphasize that, his efforts to decriminalize out-of-state prescriptions um, for medical use, which, of course, shamed the Kentucky legislator into finally passing a version of medical cannabis. Now, uh, this information is coming from a great uh, periodical that we go by a lot of times. Very, very good. The Kentucky Lantern. Uh, Delta 8, uh, chemically extracted from non-psychoactive CBD, could provide immediate relief to those suffering chronic pain. Medical marijuana use and sales won't be legal here in the state of Kentucky until 2025. Uh, currently, those with 21 medical conditions are allowed to possess eight ounces. Illinois is the closest state to purchase it at this time. On August the 1st, Kentucky became the first state to draft regulations for Delta 8. It was in response to a successful lawsuit by the Kentucky Hemp Association, which declared the product legal. A state law then called for guidelines to keep it out of the hands of minors. So um, there will be an actual Zoom meeting on the Kentucky regulations, and it's scheduled for 9 a.m. on September the 25th. If you are interested and I know you are. I'm going to be on that call. You can best believe that. Notify the cabinet. Uh, there is a number. And I know you guys know by now you should have your pen and paper or have your cell phone right there to take notes. Uh, and it's also going to be uh, in the chat as well. But the telephone number is 502-584-6746. Or you can even... Uh, send information to chfsregs at ky.gov. And once again, you can call 502-584-6746, or you can email chfsregs at ky.gov. Now, you must do that uh, by September the 18th. But the deadline for written comments is September the 30th. So um, just want to let you know also that I have some breaking news on marijuana. In a story by Jacqueline Howard, Kevin Liptek, and Alicia Wallace of CNN, 
Today, a health and human service official called for reclassifying marijuana as a lower risk drug in letter sent to the DEA. Currently, marijuana is classified as a Schedule One drug along with heroin and LSD. The um, HHS wants to have marijuana classified as a Schedule Three drug. The process uh, is started almost a year ago, and now the DEA will weigh on whether or not to reclassify marijuana. Rescheduling marijuana potentially would open up more avenues for research, allowing cannabis businesses to bank more freely and openly and have firms no longer subject to a 40-year-old tax code that disallows credits and deductions from income generated by the sales of Schedule One and Two substances. Uh, I have been seeing something that's also been cropping up a lot uh, in some of our more disenfranchised areas of our state. Uh, there's a lot of smoke shops that are uh, springing up. And just for everyone to be alerted to this, some of the items that are sold are not FDA approved. And some of the items uh, can have adverse reactions. So if you go to a smoke shop, make sure you're asking, is this FDA approved? Uh, and what are some of the drawbacks? But you guys know how I feel about Delta 8. And yes, as an Illinoisan uh, from Illinois, I also feel that um, it should be um, just legal and free because not free is in money, but uh, I don't know what all of this is about. And I've always said it. I'll say it again, Doug, that um, they just haven't figured out how they are going to make the most money from it. And I'm talking about a lot of our Kentucky lawmakers. And, you know, I could be, you know, having medical marijuana right now. Um, you know, for the pain that I'm feeling from this surgery that I just had. So uh, what do you think, Doug? You know, when, when that bill was passed and they put it into place that it was not going to be actually available until, I think you said, 2025? Yes. Uh, I, I wondered about that. Uh, does that give them the opportunity now to come back uh, in 2024 or even in 2025 and change your minds. I know it was a tough issue to even get the medicinal part of it passed. So I, I've often wondered, I, I guess they felt like they needed that amount of time to get everything uh, lined up or whatever, but I just really thought that was strange. The whole way this is going down is strange. And I've taken the time, this was previous when we were really talking about this subject, but I had taken the time to see the processes that other states um, have taken. How long did it take? What were some of the um, hiccups, so to speak? But this right here in Kentucky takes the cake. And then, you know, also I see where Nate is talking about a lot of farmers who went all in for hemp got burned when a glut on their market. Is that a glute or glut on? Glut. 
glut on the market led to much lower prices for their agricultural commodity. It's going to be a heck of a sales job to try to get these same folks to take a risk on growing cannabis. Um, I also feel that if everything, um, you know, legally is in place and there is actually um, a lot of education that goes into it of growing the different strands and all of these things. And how did I learn that? Uh, I happened to look at the show on Showtime called The Shy. But anyway, (laughs) I think that uh, we may need to bring our guest up. is producer is our guest ready because we got we got a couple of other things we could talk about for example doug you just want to come on real quick and okay and uh what are you going to be working on doug you 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 had something that you were going to be working on that we had talked about really quick. well I, th- I think i saw that our producer said that uh Alex is ready, so let's go ahead and bring him on, and then if we have time later, I can talk a little bit about uh, crypto mining. Okay, sounds good to me, because that sounds like that might be something I might want to invest in, okay? Or do (laughs) I? That's the question, or do I? Mr. (laughs) Mr. Alex Flood, how are you today? Nice to see you. Glad you're with us. Uh, So I want to just say right here, uh, you are the Kentucky lead organizer with Showing Up for Racial Justice, otherwise known as uh, SURGE, but I always say S-U-R-J. I like saying letters. Um, But you are a partner in the Kentucky Future Project, working with us, Progress Kentucky, also working with Planned Parenthood, Hood to the Holler, and other progressive groups. Uh, to turn out the new Kentucky majority and bring better leaders to Frankfurt offices across our Commonwealth. So, as I said before, I thank you for joining us tonight, and um, I would like to know more about it. I know that you all have worked with a lot of these organizations, but tell us a bit more about your organization, uh, Surge, and the work that you actually do. For sure, yeah, and, and and thanks so much for having me. It's nice to see y'all as well. Um, yeah, my name's Alex. I use he he and they pronouns. And um, just to kind of zoom out uh, and talk about like what is who is Surge and what do we do? Um, as you mentioned, uh, stands for Showing Up for Racial Justice, um, and it's an organization that's focused on. Um, bringing more white people into the work for racial justice. And um, this is an answer to a call from uh, black leaders and civil rights leaders uh, since the 60s who've said to white people, get out there, talk to your friends and family, talk to your own uh, and bring them in to be a part of the solution uh, as opposed to part of the problem, right? Um, Because what we really know for sure is that when we when we think about a state like Kentucky that is very white, that is very working class, uh, we know that uh, the right is out there. Um, you know, the, the right wing is trying to organize these people um, and they're telling lies. Uh, they're, they're trying to point the fingers at, at immigrants and people of color, uh, saying that that's the source of, of, of problems for working class people. Um, and we know that that's not the truth, right? So um, we are in the business of, of 
of talking to those folks, uh, having the important but difficult conversations that bring them into the work uh, to dismantle white supremacy um, uh, and work for racial and economic justice across uh, all kinds of different bounds and all kinds of different ways, some of which I know we're going to talk about later. Um, and so, yeah, and we know not only that that's important for, for us as individuals, but that at the end of the day, when we fight for racial and economic justice, um, that's something that benefits everybody, right? Um, it, it benefits all poor and working class people, it benefits our entire society. And so um, we've done this in a number of ways and a number of avenues. I mean, we have staff and uh, chapters across North America. We have over 150 chapters and uh, we work on a wide variety of things. Um, we've worked on um, some electoral races, um, like here in, in Louisville, we worked on judicial elections last year. We worked in the congressional primary in support of Attica Scott. Um, and around the country, we work on things, uh, and including well, in Ashland, Kentucky, we're working on tenants' rights uh, in Boyd County with our, mm -hmm. our, our Kentucky People's Union. Um, and so, yeah, we do a lot, and it looks different all the time uh, because, you know, we're, we're always encountering new challenges. Uh, new threats from the right that we want to respond to uh, so that we can get on the offensive and, and win a better country and better Kentucky and a, a better better Kentucky future for all of us. Exactly. Um, Mr. Doug? Yeah, I, I want to jump in on, on something that, that you said that really struck me. You mentioned you had uh, people working together, I guess, nationally, hundred. you said 150 chapters across the United States That's and right. that has to be really cool because you may be trying something in, I don't know, Nevada that really works that then you can uh, take back to Kentucky and put that into place and uh, really affect some uh, good change. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's a really supportive network and we have, people on staff ensuring that, you know, we work like a network, <laughs> uh, that we are kind of strategizing and communicating well together so that we can do uh, our best work, learn from each other's mistakes and all that. And, you know, on top of all those chapters, there's um, skilled organizers uh, doing the work. And, um, and a lot of that focus is right here in the South. A lot of that focus is in Kentucky. Kentucky is um, one of our four priority states. Um, and, um, yeah, we know that, you know, as goes the South, so goes the nation, right? It's like, um, the, the, the majority of the presidential electoral votes are here. The majority of the Congress comes from the Southeast United States. And so, um, we're, we know that it's important to organize here and to, to organize our own, uh, in all kinds of different ways. And so, um, we've got a lot of focus here in Kentucky, Tennessee, and Georgia, especially. And I guess that kind of leads into uh, why do you see the, the November elections as important to your to your work? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and and the answer is <laughs> the answer is multifaceted and, and a little complex. I mean, you know, I first want to say that we're under no illusion that like one election or one politician is going to answer our problems, right, or or, or create the kind of Kentucky or, or world. Or culture that we need and deserve, right? But um, we do know that that sometimes elections and sometimes uh, politicians and and then the the circumstances surrounding uh, an election call for um, 
for all hands on deck. Um, so we know that, like I said, um, while, while Andy Bashir has done a great job, um, we, we can push uh, uh, Governor Bashir to do better in the future, um, but we got to keep him in office because uh, what we also know is that the alternative um, is, is not an option. Um, you know, Governor Bashir is the only um, check on or, or stop on uh, a Republican supermajority that, like, to put it lightly, is off the rails. Uh, in the ways that they are legislating hate and hurt uh, for Kentuckians across the board, whether it's for women and birthing people, uh, tr they're trying to ban abortion, whether it's for uh, gay and trans people, especially kids and in, in our, especially kids in our public schools. Um, and then on down the line, I mean, you think about people who are on government benefits, people who are looking for uh, food assistance, people who are looking to have their renters' rights protected, like, um, this legislature has has been looking out for for themselves, which which mostly consists of the wealthy elite white, um, and and we know that uh, having a Republican in the office of governor um, basically breaks the seal that that allows that to to go completely unchecked. And you know, while I know that uh, Bashir's power has been um, loosened by this legislature in some ways, what I also know. Um, is that uh, his executive power and his executive voice really matters, right? So like when I think about this anti-trans legislation, for example, um, and, and seeing how it goes down, seeing how it's written and seeing how many people, how many of our representatives are voting uh, for this hateful stuff. Um, you know, if I'm a kid, if I'm a person, uh, who is trans, and I see that, I, I feel, I don't feel represented here. I don't feel loved here. I don't feel seen here. Um, but what I know is true is that when Governor Bashir stands behind a podium with the seal of the state and the flag behind him and calls out hateful legislation for what it is, um, that really matters. Uh, that matters a lot. Uh, that saves lives, I truly believe. Um, and so uh, we know that it's important to keep him in office for that reason. Um, and, you know, just to, to name two other big reasons that we chose to get involved in this race. Um, one is that, like, while our legislature is doing some of the worst and most hurtful stuff, um, we know that it, it's not unique, right? We're seeing this all over the country, especially uh, in the South. This is part of a, a hateful agenda that's being pushed by the right. Um, in Kentucky, we have this, this off-year uh, election. Uh, and this is going to be one of the first um, and most publicized chances for voters to stand up, uh, speak up and say that that kind of hateful stuff that's being pushed is not what we are about, um, which can send a message not only to the people like I was talking about who need to hear it, but it also sends a message to the archetypes of this hate uh, and, the, and the folks on the right who are pushing this uh, all across the country that, you know, this is not what working people are about. This is not what voters uh, are, are really looking for, right? Like, we're not looking for hate. We're not, we're not looking for, for you to hurt our kids in this way. Um, so we send that message and, and, and we also, uh, uh, you know, hopefully are able to give a roadmap for 2024 when there's going to be really important high stakes elections uh, where, where some of these same issues are going to be on the forefront. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, I know it's a bit of a soliloquy, but I answer this question a lot. Why get involved in this election? Uh, the, the, the last thing I'll say is that we know for sure that elections are a great way to build power. Um, 
everyday folks, especially here in the South, a lot of times don't want to talk about politics, politicians, policies, laws that's considered impolite or uncouth. And uh, what we do know is that when we when we get into these these high spending, high uh, publicity elections uh, where, where folks are knocking on doors and they are seeing commercials, it opens the door to start to have some of these important and difficult conversations. Uh, and it opens a door for groups like ours uh, to talk to people about the things that that, that really matter to them, uh, but also to invite them into the work so that they can see their power uh, and wield it in a way uh, that creates uh, better outcomes for Kentucky. And so um, we've seen it in the past here in Louisville with our chapter L surge. We did we worked on elections, like I said, for Attica Scott in the congressional primary, and we worked on judicial elections as a part of our in cash bail campaign. And uh, we know that there's something about uh, doing doing these elections that have, you know, a clear, tangible goal and a finish line uh, where people really feel the opportunity and the urgency to get involved. And then once they get out there and make that first phone call or knock that first door uh, and they start to see the numbers and the conversations and the thing, the work that they're doing uh, build up into really significant outcomes, they start to know their power. Um, and the people who joined us in those elections are still with us and they're working on issue based work and they're showing up at chapter meetings uh, and they're fighting the new jail proposal in Louisville like they, they continue to do the work. So um, we, we do this because we want to be around after November 7th, too. You know, uh, we want to continue to build. We want to continue to wield power against bosses, landlords and, and politicians to hold folks on both sides of the aisle uh, accountable uh, to what we deserve. Okay, sounds really good, Alex. Um, quick question for you. Um, yes. Number one, I know you made a statement. Nate, I love Nate. He says, women and birthing people, another angel, more wings. When you said women and birthing people, who are the birthing people? Yeah, I mean, not to put too fine a point of it, but, you know, we know that that, that people uh, are trans across the country and across Kentucky. And we know that people uh, who don't identify or who are not women have uteruses and are capable of birthing. And uh, we want to protect their rights uh, to reproductive health as well. OK, OK. I just want a clarification on that. So yeah, for sure. glad you did. I, I, I breeze through sometimes. I don't think about maybe it's it's not landing the same way to everybody. So thanks for thanks for asking me to clear that <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, because I wanted our, our viewers and listeners to really yeah. understand because there is a big thing right now uh, between biological women and a small percentage of transgender women right now. Um, now, knowing also that Kentucky is one of the most racist states in the country, the statistical data does prove that. Um, we know that you're going to encounter more things here. So we hear a lot about um, our transgender, you know, brothers and sisters right now, and it's wonderful and great. But what I haven't been hearing of late is things are going backwards for Black folks in this state at a dramatic mm -hmm. rate. 
and you don't really hear anything about it. Nobody's really talking about it too much. So what are some of the plans for that? Because even me being a black woman, I'm, I'm in a, a very professional corporate arena and things are happening and being said that would never have happened or have been said uh, before Trump went down uh, the escalator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's totally right. And I'm, and I'm glad you brought it up when I, you know, the name of our group is showing up for racial justice. And when I think about the elections, when I think about the tenants rights work, when I think about it all, it's all falling under that umbrella. Uh, of the important work of ending white supremacy uh, in the United States, right? Um, and here in Kentucky, we do that in a number of ways. Um, you know, when I talk about how we want these campaigns to not only win for their own sake, but also to build long-term power, um, part of that means like not just the campaigns, but people showing up to our, our um, you know, organizational meetings, showing up to our barbecues. Um, the first meeting I went to for surge was right after Trump's election. You know, it was like for so many people, a, a kick in the butt uh, to, to really get out there and do the work that I knew I should be doing. And the very first meeting I went to was it was in November right after the election. Uh, and it was about talking to your family members at Thanksgiving dinner who are going to say racist things, who are going to allude to racist tendencies uh, and how we have good conversations in ways that are productive and don't don't um, don't further the divide, right? Um, which was like, which was so important. And I mean, I think that being able to bring white people in to the work is long haul work, it's hard work. Um, and, and it's something that is, it's the bedrock or the foundation of, of everything that we wanna do. Because I mean, you're right, uh, things have gone backwards. Um, Alex? Then, oh, yes, ma'am. Did I cut out? I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you cut out. I just heard you say my name, so I stopped talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it happens to all of us. You know, our governor and our president is trying to get internet taken care of for everybody. So <laughs> just take some time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what? Uh, please finish your thought for us. Yeah, and I, I hope that that you heard everything I was saying. And if not, please ask me to clarify. But you know, just kind of getting to the point that like, this is the bedrock of all of our work is ending white supremacy, right? And then um, I was just making the transition to say like that this election is a part of that too, right? So, you know, the person who is running against Governor Bashir is the person who made sure that police officers who murdered Breonna Taylor were not charged with murder. I mean, that was on him. He made himself the chief prosecutor in the case. Uh, he gave bad instructions to a grand jury uh, he was the chief law enforcement uh, officer in Kentucky and the Department of Justice came in and, and looked at Jefferson County and said, y'all are doing racist stuff. Like it, there's indictment after indictment of, of the ways that they were doing stuff wrong when he was the chief law enforcement officer in Kentucky in ways that directly implicate uh, racism. And so, um, you know, to say that it's, it's the bedrock of all we do and the way that we want to build. Um, but also like it also applies to this election because keeping Daniel Cameron out of that seat um, is really important for racial justice as well. Because you think about the message that sends uh, to have the person who made sure those cops walked free after murdering Breonna Taylor, what kind of message it would send to have him uh, in the governor's office um, is, is not the kind of message we want to send 
uh, to anybody in the Commonwealth. Exactly. So um, I know that our viewers and listeners would really, uh, they probably were wondering about that information. And also, uh, then I promise this will be my last question or just I'm, I'm here as long as you need me. <laughs> um, now, are, are you all getting with some of these corporations? A lot of these corporations, uh, they put out the the information that they, you know, they have the DE&Is, all of that. And as you well know, uh, certain things that are in place are being taken away from us as far as affirmative action. And I don't mm -hmm. think that a lot of white people, I mean, excuse me, white women per se, understand they're in that affirmative action as well as a minority. Mm -hmm. then uh, these corporations are not taking care of the employees when they do make complaints of racism, sexism, uh, you know, religious uh, affiliations or ethnicity or sex and gender. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times I've heard of different people all over this country that are making complaints to their actual companies and nothing is actually being done. Is that something that you all do as well? Get with some of these corporations to uh, see exactly what they're doing or maybe helping them along the way? Yeah, we help out where we can in that regard. I mean, it's it's not the primary focus of our work, but it's a way that we show up when and where we can, right? And um, so we've had a number of different um, you know, corporations, businesses, even even faith groups and churches reach out and say, like, teach us how to do this better. Take a look at what we're doing and, and see if it's working. And so we do offer political education. I know our chapter uh, here in Louisville has done that for, for a number of groups and companies. Um, I know that I had a, a friend who worked at a business in Colorado who uh, she was tasked with, with a, a DEI sort of uh, evaluation and asked me, like, you know, what are the sort of questions you would ask? What would you what would you look into? And so, you know, just as a person who's a member of the chapter, you know, it's out, outside of my, my job, but as a person who's a member of a search chapter, that was something that that I did at that time. And so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it is something we do. I definitely agree with you. It's a huge problem um, and it, it's something that we address when and where we can. That is wonderful and great. Do you have anything else? Uh... Mr. Dougie Fresh. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll ask. I, I want to make a, I don't know, a comment probably about myself and then give you accolades uh, because you're opposite of me uh, in that, uh, as an example, my representative, I talked to him directly about not supporting SB 150. And he uh, he told me he would take a walk when the vote came up. And then he got upset when uh, people were in the gallery shouting. And so he changed his mind and voted in favor of SB 150. I sent him a text that said uh, he said he was sorry he had to do that because of those people. And I just said, well, you've proven you're not. A man of your word and I realize that's not the right thing to do uh, you have to work with people but uh, help me do a better job of that what 
what advice can you give me? Oh, wow. That's, that's, I was, I was sitting there just, um, resonating with what you were saying and how disappointing it was. And you caught me off guard when you said to do, how would you do a better job? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess my answer is this, right? Like, and it's something that, that we've said a lot. It's just like that it, it takes, um, that like knowing the truth and, and, and knowing what's right versus what's wrong is, is the first step. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, as voters, we only have power when we have a whole bunch of people, not only in agreement with us, but standing with us and speaking with us. And, um, you know, we, we can have that conversation with a with an elected official and, uh, and, and tell them how we feel and, and they'll hear it from us. But, um, you know, I, I know that this is <laughs> like government 101, but like, you know, the, the best thing we can do is, is we can get all of our friends and neighbors uh, uh, to do the same. All right. So so instead of making not instead of but in addition to making that call to Frankfurt, uh, then calling all your, your friends and neighbors and saying, hey, this is something that matters to me. This is the reason why. Uh, and our representative uh, has a chance to say something about this. And here's his number. I would, I would really appreciate it if you'd call as well. And, you know, it's just a small example of it, because, you know, when 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 your representative decided to do the wrong thing, uh, he had to answer to you. And it would have been a lot harder for him, perhaps, if he had to answer to to a whole bunch of other people who also had his personal cell phone number, right? So, but I don't want to say I don't want to. You're asking me how how you do better or whatever, but you know it, it's it, it's it's hard to to hold politicians accountable, and I think you did more than most folks for what it's worth. So don't you know, beat yourself up about it. Okay, thanks. Of course. <laughs> yeah, right. I need to get that T-shirt too. <laughs> oh yeah, these just came in today. I need to get a Colonel's of Truth hat like yours. We'll have to do a trade. Yeah, okay. Um, Alex, Alex, check this out. I'm a Colonel of Truth, and I don't even have a hat. Oh my gosh. Okay, but you are in There's Louisville. No justice. Did I, did I hear you correctly? Are you in Louisville? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I can meet you and get one of those T-shirts because I will. I would love to give you one for sure. Yeah, we uh -oh, just got what, what is Dougie Fresh back there doing? Uh oh, what? what oh, he's what looking for your on? hat, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Either that or a baseball for, I'm hat. I'm looking for <laughs> Alex's hat. I've got one for him. <laughs> I was like, either he's looking in there for a baseball bat to, to, to turn the screen up. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, there's, is that mine? Now there's Kimberly's hat. So we're, no, we're that's back. Alex's. <laughs> Man, the, the inter-staff uh, uh, animosity is real here. <laughs> I've tried to tell you, like, mm -mm, mm -mm. But anyway, Alex, um, I'll put the information in the private chat, as you should as well, uh, for us so we can contact you for that. And also, let all of our listeners and viewers know right now, how they can make a difference, how they can get trained. What is the website? How can they get the t-shirt? Let us know. <laughs> the t-shirt is literally off the press today. So the t-shirt is not on the website yet. Um, we've got a surge.org, S-U-R-J.org is the surge website. And as far as how you can get involved, I mean, we're, we're doing this work in a big way because we, we know this is going to be a close election. So uh, the best thing that people can do is opt in to get involved with our work. Um, the two biggest ways we're, we're getting involved here in Kentucky are knocking on doors and making phone calls. And um, 
I will say this, and this will be the most prideful thing that I will say all evening, um, and mainly because it's not my job, so I feel like I can brag on my colleagues here. I believe that Surge does the best distributed phone bank organizing I've ever seen. Um, As far as getting people prepared, doing a robust training, um, and getting people to a place where they feel confident and comfortable to talk to voters about a politician or an issue, um, and, and I really, it's, it's something that you can do is if you have an internet connection and a phone, um, and, and we really encourage and invite everybody to get involved in that if they can. And, and I can, uh, include that link, uh, to you all to sign up for our, our phone banks as well. Uh, we do recruitment phone banks every Monday and we do voter contact phone banks on a rotating basis between Thursdays and Saturdays. Um, and then if you find yourself in, in the, the areas of Letcher County, the areas of Boyd County, or, or anywhere in or around Louisville, we're also knocking doors uh, because we, we're, we're, we know that having a face-to-face interaction with voters is the best way uh, to move people on the issue. Um, we know that having meaningful and long and deep conversations about uh, the underlying issues that will extend beyond November uh, are, the, are the best things that we can do uh, to, to build the long-term work. Um, and so, uh, again, if, if that's uh, something that's of interest to you and you live in any of those areas and willing to knock some doors, uh, we need all hands on deck because it's going to be close. And um, I, I put my email in the chat there. Um, and before we sign off, I will find the sign-up link for, for all of the phone banks as well. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Alex. You have been a just a great beacon of information tonight, uh, kind of making us feel a little bit more motivated. So Alex Flood, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and you can reach uh, the organization is the organization at uh, surgeaction.org. Just, just surge.org. My, okay, my surge. email is alex at surgeaction.org. Yeah, surge. Okay, surge.org. Uh, and that's S-U-R-J dot org. Make sure you all go on that website and see exactly how you can become um, part of the team. Thank you, Alex. We look forward to seeing more of you uh, a little bit later on as time goes on. Good luck to you. Yeah, Thanks, thank Alex. you all so much for having me. Good to see y'all. Have a great rest of your evening. Yeah, you you too, too. Alex. Thanks thank a lot. Alex Flood, ladies and gentlemen, the Kentucky lead organizer for Alex uh, for uh, the Surge. Okay, uh, get in touch with them at surge.org. Also on here, we do have a call to action. We really, really do. So sign up for Progress Kentucky's four more years of a compassionate Commonwealth campaign. We're all in on reelecting Andy, putting Colonel Pam in the AG's office and Kim Reader in the auditor's office. We're doing calling and canvassing every week between now and November the 7th. It is so very important. Please, 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 we beg of you, please, 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 please sign up to help out today. And uh, that link will be in the chat uh, on Facebook uh, for you to go back and get that particular link. Uh, for the forms uh, that need to be filled out so that you can do your part to make sure that we have Andy in here for four more years. Uh, you know, Dougie Fresh, uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to be at the Rotary Club, and guess who's going to be there with me? Who's going to be there with you? Andy. 
Oh, cool. Yes. 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 So uh, I will make sure to tell him hello and tell him all the great things that we're doing uh, in Progress, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ask him if he'll be on the show. It might be a long shot, but hey, if I don't ask, then I've already failed. 100%. But if I ask, then you know, it's 50-50% chance. What you think? You should definitely ask him. I think anytime right. we see him on the campaign trail, we should ask him. We ought to have a card prepared. We can just hand to him or one of his handlers uh, talking about the show. Well, I've got all the handlers information, so maybe we might just need to send an email. If cool. Follow up. But I will bug him at the Rotary Club. He's going to be like, here comes Kimberly. Oh, my God. You won't <laughs> let me go. I heard you just had surgery. and You're still out here. Won't let me go. But you know what? He's just that type of governor that likes for us not to let him go. And he does feel the support. And he does feel the love. So that's what's important uh, to us because it makes a better governor for everybody in the state of Kentucky. So... Doug, Mr. Dougie Fresh, you want to close us out? Yes, I'll be happy to do that. Andy, Andy is our Andy. He's Andy for everybody. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501c4. We're affiliated with the Indivisible Project, the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, commonly referred to as CAVE, are also proud members of the Forward Kentucky Network. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Make sure to join us next week when we'll be covering the breaking news out of the governor's race. Production of episode 128. Yes, folks, we have done 128 of these. A couple of years worth was by the amazing Nate Orshan. And thank you, Nate, for the new song about Andy Bashir. If you haven't heard it yet, you need to look for it on our uh, website and also the theme songs. You can find more information and music at natosongs.com. If you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook or YouTube, audio broadcasts are, and our show notes are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. If you do listen to the pod, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening right now. Logo and some graphic content provided by Couchfire Media. More information can be found at couchfiremedia.com. Hope to see you next week. <laughs>